This is Adapted with Anna and Sam. We love books and we love movies. Warning, here be spoilers. Welcome to Adapted with Anna and Sam. I'm Anna. And I'm Sam. In this podcast, we talk about a book, we talk about a movie or TV show based on that book, we play some fun games, and we encourage you to read and watch along with us. This episode, we are tackling the tough topics with The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas and the 2018 adaptation. First, a content warning. This book and film revolves around the aftermath after a black teen is shot and killed by a white police officer. This is not an easy topic. It may be jarring to hear two white women talk about this book and the subject matter. We are certainly not experts. We have challenged ourselves to push ourselves beyond our comfort zone to seek out books and films made by artists of color and by women, and to look beyond what is traditionally considered the English language literary canon. We encourage our... We encourage our... Please don't keep this part in, Sam. Okay. We encourage our listeners to do the same. She's going to keep that in. (laughs) If this subject of police violence and violence against black youths makes you uncomfortable, it might be time to sit in that discomfort for a little bit. However, if you have experienced trauma that will be painful to revisit, we understand if you need to sit this episode out. Come back next month for a Christmas episode or revisit one of our many fine previous episodes, which are hopefully not traumatizing. Uh, One more thing. Angie Thomas tackles this difficult topic with wit and grace. We promise we will attempt to approach the subject to the best of our ability. And if we fall short, we are very sorry. Yes. So that's my epic content warning. Thank you for doing such a great job. Oh, thank you. Sam, what's your quick take? Uh, so my quick take is actually that this book and movie should be require, required reading and viewing because I, th- I found them both incredibly moving in different ways. I um, would definitely agree with you. I was really excited to do this one when the movie came out last year. I wanted an excuse to see it. And I'm I'm really glad we did. And I yeah. will talk more about how much I love the book when we're talking about the book. But I was I was so blown away by Yes, how... they were both so good. Yes. So good. Um, but should we just go right into our six degrees? Let's do some six right. degrees. Do you want to go first? I will. I so, want to see how you do Steve Zissou in this one. I'm... Oh, Sam, you were going <laughs> to... This is going to be a journey. Are you okay, ready for it? I'm ready. Okay. So, last episode was The Last of the Mohicans. Yes. Uh, which starred Russell Means. Love him. He was in Pathfinder with your husband, Clancy Brown. I love him. He's my Who husband. was in uh, the miniseries version of The Laramie Project with Christina right. Ricci. Who was in The Addams Family. One of the greatest films of all time. Oh, yes, for sure. With Angelica Houston, who is in The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. Nice. With Bill Murray, who was in Broken Flowers with Jeffrey Wright. And Jeffrey Wright was in The Inevitable Defeat with Mr. and Pete with Anthony Mackie, who nice. is, of course, in The Gifts. So Very nice. I, it took me some time, but I did it. <laughs> Good for you. What's your six degrees? Uh, so my six degrees starts with Jared Harris. Of course. <laughs> a he loyal the, patriot. <laughs> he of the patriot mm. uh, fame. Uh, he was in Allied with Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt was in... You're looking like... I'm trying to remember what... Is, it's the World War II movie that came out a few years ago with... Okay. Uh, 
I don't oh, see movies. What's her name? Marion Cotillard. Oh, yep. I know the one you're talking about. I remember yep. seeing the commercials for yes, that. Yes, I never actually saw it, but I did see commercials Neither for it. I. Yes. But Jared Harris is in it. Yay! Okay. I is. interrupted you. Continue. That's okay. Uh, Brad Pitt was in Seven with Morgan Freeman. Oh, okay. Uh, this one's great. Morgan Freeman was in Olympus Has Fallen. <laughs> Everyone's finest hour. Yes, with Angela Bassett. Angela Bassett was in Black Panther with Forrest Whitaker. Forrest Whitaker oh, so was in The Butler with Lenny Kravitz. And then Lenny Kravitz okay. was in The Hunger Games with Amanda Stenberg. Oh, good job. Thank you very wow. much. And uh, Sam, you used uh, quite a few actors of color there. Mm-hmm. That was well done. Thank you. And you got you got a couple of my favorites in there, too. I so. did. Good yeah. job. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, would you like to give us your book report? I will do my best. So The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas was published in 2017, making this one of the newest books we've ever covered, if not yes. the newest book. I believe you. I, I sure? believe it is the newest, I actually. I too. Yeah. So look at us being all, like, up to date and stuff. <sighs> Never going to happen again. Probably not. <laughs> Uh, Thomas originally wrote this as a short story while in college and then later expanded it into a full novel. It was partially inspired by a real shooting. 22-year-old Oscar Grant was shot by police at Fruitvale Station in Oakland, California in 2009. That is actually also a movie now. Yeah, Fruitvale Station starring... Uh, Michael um, B. Jordan. Yes. Um, And uh, directed by Ryan Coogler, who also did Black Black Panther. Panther. Yes. Um, I have not seen it, but I've heard it's quite good. Um, so it was uh, inspired by uh, that murder and the riots afterwards, but of course the all-too-familiar story is um, one that we've seen over and over again on the news, young black men and boys killed by police. Um, and uh, not to get too far ahead, but y- you're going to see a lot of things that feel very familiar just yes. from watching the, um, the mm-hmm. news stories. Um, the title of the book is inspired by uh, a Tupac song, um, and it's uh, The Hate You Give, you just the letter U, The Hate You Give Little Infants F's Everybody, and that spells thug life. And so that's a theme that's explored throughout the book. Um, it's something that's first presented to star our heroine in one of the early scenes, and she revisits that over and over over the course of the book. Um, I also just want to make a side note, because I did something a little different this time. I actually listened to the audiobook. Oh, okay. Um, it's narrated by an actress named Bonnie Turpin, and she apparently is a big audiobook actress. Like, and she won an award for this book. Oh, wow! For this audiobook. That's great. Um, and she is fantastic. Okay. Uh, her, her. I was so blown away by her for her performance. She brings all of these characters to life. Um, it's and she's funny and it's heartbreaking. Like mm-hmm. the her performance of Star. I mean, Ugh. it's so good. Um, and like she does, she does the male characters. Like her Maverick is really good. Nice. Um, so if you are an audiobook person, I I highly recommend it. Okay. Um, but to the story itself, so it is narrated by our protagonist, Star Carter. Star is 16 years old, and she is torn between two worlds. Uh, Star is African American and has lived her whole life in a predominantly poor and black neighborhood. But during the day, she goes to a majority white private school. At the beginning of the story, uh, she is spending the Friday of spring break at a party with her not-sister, Kenya. So, Kenya, Kenya? Kenya, I believe. Kenya, okay. Uh, Kenya and Star share a half-brother, although they do not have any parents in common. So, Kenya has dragged her to a neighborhood party, and since Star does not go to the same school as all the other kids, most of them don't know her. 
Or they rather they know her as Big Mav's daughter. Right. Who works they at don't the store. actually know her name. Yeah. It's been ten years since they've been in school or six years since they've been in school with her. But uh one person she does recognize is her best friend from childhood, Khalil. Uh, so Star does have a boyfriend from school named Chris, but Khalil was her first crush and her first kiss. And although they've drifted apart over the more recent years, um, she's still very um, connected with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, a fight breaks out at the party, and shots are fired, and so Khalil and Star run for it. Um, and this is when things get horribly wrong. Yes. So as they're driving away from the party, they're pulled over by a white cop who makes Khalil get out of the car when he asks why he was stopped, because as far as he knew, he didn't do anything wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, Khalil is standing against the car, and when he tries to check on Star, the cop opens fire. Khalil bleeds out on the street, and when Star tries to help her friend, the cop turns his gun on her, too. She watches in horror as a friend dies right in front of her for the second time in her life. Six years earlier, Star's other childhood best friend, Natasha, was gunned down in a shooting. And that is why her parents put her and her brothers in the fancy private school to try and protect them from neighborhood violence. After Khalil's death, Star is clearly suffering from PTSD. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. Her mom, nurse Lisa, and dad, former gang member turned grocery store owner Maverick, do everything they can to support her. And the the family connection in this book is one of my favorite things. Yes, it's um, so it's so awesome. They're so warm and loving and real. With it's it's never saccharine. It's never um, mm-hmm. artificial. But there's a the connection between all of them is is really beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it's very clear that her parents want so much to help her, but there's only so much they yes. can do. She's yep. she's traumatized. Yeah. And Angie Thomas does such a great job both portraying, I think, Star's PTSD in a like and a relatable manner and mm-hmm. also like her fi- like you know kind of she also did like even though it's first person narration i think she does a good job of kind of portraying how her family really truly wants to help star yeah and but just like is struggling as well yeah that's and it's like what can you do when your kid is having a tough time like you can support them there's thing you know there's things you can do but you cannot change the fact that they're having a tough time yeah. you can't take that right. away exactly um uh, another family, important family member is her uncle Carlos, who lives outside of the uh, Garden Heights, which is the the poor neighborhood they live in. Um, he and his wife Pam uh, live in a gated community, uh, which is predominantly white, mm-hmm. um, near where many of Star's friends live, yes. including her boyfriend, Chris. Um, so over the next few days, uh, there's... Um, they go and see Khalil's grandmother, who he lived with. Um, they also uh, interact with Khalil's mother, Brenda. Mm-hmm. Brenda is an addict who's been struggling with addiction for a long time, mm-hmm. which is why Khalil lived with his grandmother. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an incredible scene where they're at the clinic where her mom works, and Brenda shows up just weeping and screaming and... Um, Star gets so angry at Brenda because she's crying over her dead baby now, and she couldn't be there for Khalil when he was alive, and he needed her. Yeah, and the um, com- the compassion that her mom teaches her in that I scene know. was just was just awesome to it's, see. Yeah. Um. So the detectives want to interview Star and understand what happened, mm-hmm. and her uncle Carlos convinces her to go. But when they're there. It sounds like they're investigating Khalil and Star, not the cop. Right. 
which she struggles with. Um, back at school, she's having a tough time with her white boyfriend, Chris, and then her best friend, Haley, who is also white, makes a racist joke about fried chicken and Star snaps at her and loses it at her a way she never would have let herself do before. Mm -hmm. Star tries very hard to keep um, Garden Heights Star and Williamson Star, the private school star, separate. separate. Um, but now that she's dealing with this trauma, she's she's struggling to do that. And so she um, lets out this emotion that she would normally keep very contained. And she feels like she's the one with the problem. Although, really, I think your racist friend is the problem. Yes, I would, I would, I would agree with but that. But that comes out more later. Yes. So exactly one week after Khalil's murder is his funeral. Um, there's a very prominent drug lord in the neighborhood named King. Mm -hmm. King is... Kenya's father. Yes. Um, and so her half-brother, Seven, splits his time between her family and their shared father, Maverick, and his mother, Aisha, who is also Kenya's mother, um, with with King. Mm -hmm. King is the leader of the King Lords, uh, and he's quite a character. He's yes. described as being 300 pounds. Yes. Which I'm sure we'll talk about when you talk about the movie. Not, Not totally... No, Anthony They cast a little different. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. At one point, one of the characters calls him, says that he looks like a black Michelin man. Yeah. <laughs> so that was pretty funny. Uh, so King and his boys show up at the funeral and they lay a bandana on Khalil's body, signaling that Khalil is one of them. After the funeral, there are protesters outside uh, and they are going to be marching past the police station to City Hall. Among them is, um, you know, I meant to write April Ofra. But I let autocorrect change that to April office. And that's a different story. Yes, it is. <laughs> so April Ofra <laughs> is there. She's with an organization called Just Us for Justice. Um, and she offers to represent Star um, as her lawyer. So the protests become riots and the neighborhood turns into a war zone. Uh, the next day, uh, the next morning, Star and Seven decide to take their minds off things by going to play basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, they're held up at gunpoint, but rescued by a king lord named Devante, who uh, goes to the local high school. Um, then their daddy shows up, furious that the teens had left the house. And Without telling anyone. And they get a lot of trouble. Yeah. Um, but soon Devante shows up at Maverick's grocery store. He wants to get out of the king lords, and he asks Mav for help. Because many years earlier, Mav had been king's... Um, right-hand man, yes. and he'd actually gotten out of the gang alive, which is very Unheard unusual. Of. Yeah. Um, but Devante's serious about getting out, and so Mav agrees to help him. But he knows he can't stay in Garden Heights because King will come looking for him. So he takes him to Carlos's house. Lisa, <laughs> Star's mother, has been saying that they need to move out of Garden Heights for years because it's not safe for their kids. So mm -hmm. this causes a bit of a fight. A little bit. Back at school, the white kids decide to protest uh, in Khalil's name as an excuse to sit class. Uh, and this is started by Typical. Haley's brother, Remy. Um, but Star sits it out. She mm -hmm. knows that they're not genuine. Chris realizes that Star knew Khalil, and so he sits out the protest with her. And I just think Chris is a really adorable, great teenage boyfriend. And yes, he is. He's really sweet. He's very unrealistic from my high school. I am sure there are sweet, cute teenage boys somewhere in the world. 
I just did not date them in high school. I did. Yes, I did not either. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Back in the neighborhood, uh, things have gone from bad to worst. Uh, Bad to worst? Things have gone from bad to worst. Ah. I speak the language frequently. Oh, yes. So two cops were jumped around the corner from Mav's store. Um, when when Star and her brother show up, they get there in time to see um, the next the next shop over is the barber shop owned by Mr. Lewis, and he's interviewed on live TV. Mr. Lewis is one of my favorite characters. He's great. He is hilarious. Oh man. Um, so on live TV, he says that it was uh, he says that King is a terrorist and the biggest drug dealer in the city, and everyone's like. I can't believe he did that. Oh, and so no. after the uh, camera crew leaves, he and Mav get in a big fight because Mav's like, why did you do that? You snitched. You're, you're a dead man walking. And Mr. Lewis is like, why are you dumb enough to let this guy walk all over you? The worst thing they can do is kill me. Mm-hmm. And so they're arguing when more cops show up. Yep. And they take one look at Mav, who's a tall black man with tattoos, and they throw they- him down on the ground. Yep. And um, right in front of his kids... Oh, yeah, it's not uh, any easier in the book. I, I hate this scene so much, and it's and um, it's, it's like it just it just struck me because like this is what they do. With, this is like this is like an everyday occurrence. Yeah, I, it's just it's unbelievable that people like. I mean, you, just oh, you. Uh, no one should be surprised when people don't trust the police when they see this happening. Mm-hmm. I mean, and if yeah. you don't see this happening, you have to open your eyes. Yeah. I'm not trying to make some blanket statement about whether no. anyone is all good or all bad, but I think you can understand mistrust at the least. Mm-hmm. And, like, you should just believe people. Right? So, Star blames herself. Um, the cops recognize her father's last name from his ID, knows that she is the witness, and so she assumes that they harass him because of her. Um, and then afterwards, her little brother, Sakani, gets the talk that Star got when she was 12. What to do if a cop stops you. Mm-hmm. The DA wants Star to um, speak to her. Or, oh, Sorry. I did not double-check how this sentence structure works, so I'm going to start over, because this is not a sentence that anyone could actually say out loud. Okay. Um, I wrote, the DA wants Star to speak to Star. <laughs> okay, yes. I was clearly distracted when I wrote the sentence. <laughs> Anyways. Whew. The next day they get a call from the DA's office. She wants to speak to Star. So they go to Ms. Afra, um, to ask for her legal representation. Ms. Afra explains that a grand jury will be hearing the case to determine if the officer should go to trial or not. Um, after some pressure from Ken- Kenya, Star has decided that she will speak out for Khalil, and so she agrees to meet with the DA and to go before the grand jury, and with Ms. Offer's help to do a TV interview, as long as her identity is protected. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Mr. Lewis does get beat up by King and his boys, but it turns out Devante is the one that King really wants. He swears he will kill Devante when he finds him. Oh, so wait, this is when he, this is when Mav takes Devante out to Carlos's house. Yes. Before that, they were at, Devante was at their the house, house, and yes. then they take him to Carlos's yes, house. Yes, I yes, got that yes. mixed up. Um, and we meet uh, another member of Star's family, her Nana. 
She's great. Who has an opinion on every conversation, even when she's not in the room. I just, I love this whole scene. They're just, they're talking in the kitchen and she's like, I have no idea where Nana is, but Nana just keeps throwing out like, don't put words in my mouth. And like, I'll, and it's wonderful. And then, yeah, Mr. Lewis and Nana are my two favorite characters. I yes. Think. And then Chris shows up and her father's like, who's this white boy? And she decides if she's going to be brave and speak for Khalil, she needs to be brave and tell her father she is dating a white boy, which no one dies, so it no. goes okay. Yep. After that, Star and Devante have a really interesting conversation where Star finds out that Devante's older brother was the one shot at the party, mm-hmm. the spring break party that she and Khalil fled. It's part of why he wants to get out of the King Lords, because... Uh, King wants him to uh, go after the men who, boys who shot his brother, but mm-hmm. then that will put a target on his back. And yep. it's just, it's this, just that cycle of death that yes. Tupac was talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, he also tells Star that uh, Khalil was only selling drugs to save his mom. It turns out Brenda had stolen from King, and so Khalil was selling drugs to protect her so King wouldn't hurt her. Um, he said Khalil hated selling, and Devante said no one wants to sell. Uh, Star has a very interesting conversation, confrontation, really, mm-hmm. with Haley. Mm-hmm. Um, Haley thinks that Star should apologize to her for calling her racist. Mm-hmm. And I really think if you want a manual of like how not to handle being accused of being racist by your black friends, like. Mm-hmm. Do the opposite of what Haley does. Yes. And I think you're going to be in a much better territory. It's true. She just handles everything so badly. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. They come to a stalemate, decide to distract themselves by turning on TV, only to see the cop's father giving an interview, talking about how their lives have been ruined by all of this, Mm -hmm. and they're getting harassed. And, of course, Haley... Is sympathetic. ...sympathizes and said, his life matters, too. And they have a fight, and Haley storms out. And their other best friend, Maya, who is Chinese-American, uh, tells Star about how a few years ago Haley had made a joke about her family eating a cat and then never apologized. So we're seeing some trends with Haley. That are, yes. You know, yes, we we're are. We're seeing who Haley might really be. Mm-hmm. So let's see. Star finds out that her uncle Carlos, uh, after finding out that... Uh, the officer, Brian, had uh, turned his gun on Star. He apparently confronted him and, like, hit him in the face just a little, a little bit. bit. Oops. Yeah. And then got put on leave. Does, yeah. Which... Suspended a little bit. I love Uncle Carlos. He's so, great. You know, you're not really supposed to hit other cops, whatever. No. Um, Carlos also says he wouldn't have killed Khalil if it had been him. So... Star gives her TV interview uh, with a a reporter named Diane Carey. She shares her side of the story and who Khalil really was. They protect her identity, but um, a few days later at prom, Chris confronts her. He recognized her walk. He recognized her voice. And he knew it was her. Mm -hmm. And he's upset that she didn't tell him. him. Mm -hmm. And then they make up and he gets the DJ at the prom to play their song. The Fresh Prince theme. Aww. The next day, the parents load all the kids in the car and drive them out to the suburbs. But instead of stopping at Uncle Carlos's house, they drive to a nearby neighborhood 
no gates. Mm-hmm. Houses are a little bit more reasonably sized. Mm-hmm. And they pull up into the driveway of one and says, this is going is to it? be our new house. Yeah. So they are moving out of Garden Heights. Um, but they're going to wait until the end of the school year to do so. So the night before Star testifies before the grand jury, shots are fired through the family's front window. Lisa calls her brother, Carlos, the cop, but Mav calls some uh, <laughs> of his old friends from his gang-banging days, a few King Lords from Cedar Grove. So they're, it's a nearby neighborhood. They don't work for King. No. But they are, like, gigantic. Yes. They are. Large. Slightly intimidating. Yes. They're, like, guards of a sort. Men with guns. Security guards. But they protect the house and star until she goes to testify the next morning. Yes. Um, and they're kind of awesome. Yeah. A few weeks later, Haley confronts Star with a picture she found of Haley, Star, and Khalil from Star's 12th birthday party. And she accuses Star of being a liar because she had said that she didn't know Khalil. And she demands an apology. Ah, uh, yet Again, another one. what not to do if you find out that your friend experienced something super traumatic and didn't tell you about it right away. Don't... The first move is not, you owe me an apology right? for lying. It's like, how dare you lie to me about this? <sighs> then she says that Khalil was a drug dealer. He was probably going to die anyways. And the cop did everyone a favor. It was so awful to read this scene. And Star hits her mm-hmm. in the face. Mm-hmm. And I would have too. <laughs> I like to think. Um, so yeah, Star punches her. They start fighting. Haley's brother, Remy, tries to step in. And Seven mm-hmm. jumps Remy saying, keep your hands off my sister, so now all four of them are fighting, Yep, and all four of them are suspended. Yes. Fortunately, the head of the school is reasonable and knows mm-hmm. the background of the situation, and he refuses to expel Star and Seven despite the demands of Haley's rich, white, school board sitting daddy. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure he's a lawyer, too, so... Oh, yeah, I think you might be right. Mm. Yep. That afternoon, they come home to find Maverick hosting Cedar Grove King Lords and Garden Heights Disciples. This is the rival gang of the King Lords, mm-hmm. the Garden Heights Disciples. Not the Cedar Grove King Lords, but the Garden Heights group. So he's got these King two Lords. gangs gathered in his kitchen, and like they're having like a truce talk. Mm-hmm. This is Maverick is so great. Yeah, he is. And he's telling them they have to work together to stop the riots from happening if the grand jury ruling doesn't go their way. This is their neighborhood. They live here, and they're the ones who get hurt. Mm-hmm. It's their people. And uh, he quotes, who does it benefit if the whole neighborhood burns down? Mm-hmm. Just a fair point. It's true. A few weeks later, they have a Memorial Day party slash 18th birthday party for seven at Uncle Carlos's house. Here, Star's worlds truly collide. She's got Kenya, seven, her black family, and then all of their white friends from school and Maya and Chris. Mm-hmm. And they're all talking mm-hmm. and laughing yep. and like... Kenya and Maya and Chris don't quite know what to make of each other, and then they start finding things they have in common. Yep, and, like, the two sides of Star start, you know, kind of merging back into just Star. Williamson Star and Garden Heights Star are, yeah. It's it's like the end of the Dark Crystal when the Skeksis and the Mystics join together. It's Mm -hmm. really beautiful. It's beautiful, yeah. Um, And, of course, they're bonding over how Star kicked Haley's butt. Yes, uh, but soon after the day of the grand jury's decision comes. While they're waiting for the ruling, uh, if Devante has disappeared. Seven gets a star from... Kevin gets... Kevin is not a character in this book. I'm like, wait, what? Seven gets a star from Kenya. If Kevin got a call from Senya, would that... No, that wouldn't make sense. 
Seven gets a call from Kenya. Oh, I, I like, know these characters' names. Seven gets, gets a call a from his sister, from Kevin. Kevin. <laughs> no. No, there's no Kevin in the book, Anna. Wow. After a call from Kenya, there you go. Seven, Star, and Chris go to King's house to rescue him. You're going to keep all of that in, aren't you? But that's in the movie. I got to I got to go to rescue Devante. No, I meant the, me saying the names wrong oh. over and over again. <laughs> I got to learn how to edit these things myself. <laughs> After a call from Kenya, Seven Star and Chris go to King's house to rescue him. Devante, that is. There you go. See, that <laughs> would have made there. sense if I'd gotten the sentence right the first time. <laughs> Darn it. <sighs> I hope that this is charmingly rustic. <laughs> so King has beaten Devante up badly. Uh, Seven and Kenya's mom, Aisha, finds the kids as they're trying to sneak Devante out. Seven asks her for help, but she doesn't seem to want to. She tells him to get Devante out of her house, and she says, tell Seven, take your sisters, too. It seems like she's acting selfishly, but then she goes um, into the backyard where King and his friends are partying and distracts him so that the others can sneak him out of the house. Mm-hmm. She is purposely buying time for them to yep. leave. Putting herself in their way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Back in the car, they hear on the radio the news. The cop, 115, this is badge number, mm-hmm. will not be indicted. They take Kenya and Lyric to their grandmother's house and drop them off. And then Star, Chris, Devante, and Seven head out into the streets. Star's had enough and she wants to do something. So they find their way to the crowd, um, uh, to the heart of the, the protest, and they join the crowd. Star takes the megaphone and addresses the crowd. She tells them Khalil lived. Mm-hmm. And when the police throw tear gas at the rioters, she picks up a canister of tear gas and throws it right back at them. Mm-hmm. But then, of course, the tear gas hits them all in the face. There's uh, one of Mav's Cedar Grove King Lord friends, Goon, picks him up in his pickup truck. They head to Maverick's store and get milk to rinse the tear gas out of their eyes. Uh, Goon and the others leave. um, And then a Molotov cocktail is thrown through the front window of the store with Devante, Star, and Seven, and Chris all trapped inside. Mm -hmm. Their Their neighbor, Mr. Lewis, comes... Um, but he can't get them out. Uh, that's when Maverick drives up, unlocks the back door, and rescues the four kids. And across the street is King, smiling. He is definitely behind this. Mm-hmm. The cops and the fire department show up, and everyone snitches on mm-hmm. King. I saw it. I saw him do it. Yep. The cops arrest King, and the crowd cheers. But as Uncle Carlos says, they got him for arson, but... It's not going to keep him forever. Keep him forever. And mm-hmm. so Devante says, well, if I tell you where Uncle, if I tell you where King's stash is, can you get him for more? And Uncle Carlos says, yeah, mm-hmm. I think that'll work. Mm-hmm. So there's been some justice, at least in that regard. Um, but of course, it, the ending is mixed. Um, King is taken off of the streets and Garden Heights is a little bit safer. Mav will rebuild. Their family is um, in their new home, and Star is going to keep using her voice. Mm-hmm. And the book ends with a list of names mm-hmm. of men and women and children mm-hmm. of color who have been murdered. Yes. And that's the book. <laughs> it's a 
beautiful book. It is. I have to say, I was so glad I read this book. It's so beautifully written. The and I, I just I highly recommend it to everyone. Even if you think like I don't normally read young adult novels, mm-hmm. even if you're, it's it's really beautifully written. The the family dynamics are wonderful. Mm-hmm. It's funny. Like there's it's a lot of really funny, funny yep. parts. I love the the characters, um, and that balances really well so that that really difficult subject matter is is given a lot of context Mm -hmm. and you can really understand you can really understand and see who these people really are Mm -hmm. even you know people like aisha and king who they're very flawed i think they're still real human beings yeah they're still three dimensional they're three-dimensional characters they're not like this cookie cutter like oh king's uh, the leader of the gang he's like yeah and he's just all bad and and i think you can also absolutely understand how someone can can become a part of this life Mm -hmm. when you're trapped in a cycle of poverty yep the only way out is to turn to well who's hiring right exactly it's yeah who who can i get protection from well the gang is here Mm -hmm. um so it's i i highly recommend the book but yes, I do think that everyone should at least read the book. Yes. Speaking of which, do you want to talk about the movie? Now? Sure. Um, so, released in 2018, The Hate You Give was directed by George Tillman Jr., based on the adapted screenplay by Audrey Wells. Um, and it currently has a 97% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, and I think that is very well deserved. So That is very fresh. Yes. Just... Just, you know, an idea of to give you... Putting that out there. Putting it out there. Um, it stars Amanda Stenberg as Star Carter, Regina Hall as her mom, Lisa, Russell Hornsby as her dad, Maverick, Falcon, I mean, Anthony Mackie <laughs> as King, and Common as Star's uncle, Carlos. Um, Issa Rae is also in it, and she's the Justice, Just Us for Justice lawyer, April Ofra. April Ofra, not April Office. No. That's a different That's movie. That's a very different movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, rather than give you a summary of the movie itself, because there are a lot of similarities. There's, they do a good job adapting. There's a lot of yeah. stuff that overlaps. Um, I kind of wanted to focus on this on the, the big scenes where they it's like major changes. Um, and I feel like they, the, the movie just basically heightens the tension even more than it's yes. already in the book. Um, it presents higher stakes for the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and that's not to belittle what the book has done. The book is very high stakes, but I feel like the movie kind of just like ramps it up. Well, it's because they don't. They, they have, have a short amount of build time. the context. Exactly. And so. Yeah, and so this is evident in um, several key changes from the book to the movie. So Sevens and Devante's storylines are essentially merged into one. Yeah, there's no Devante. Um, Devante's like a throwaway character mentioned at the the party who he's like Kenya's kind of like having a fight with his girlfriend and like that's the last you basically yeah. hear of Devante. Um, so Seven is the one that King beats up. Um, and like I said, Devante's right legated to a brief mention. The relationship between Star and Khalil is actually presented as romantic leaning right from the beginning. Yes. In the book, you don't find out that Star had a crush on Khalil until much later on. Mm-hmm. But in fact, in the car, in the movie, they share a little brief kiss. Yeah. And that's when Star's like, oh, I have a boyfriend. I have a boyfriend. And he's white. I'm sorry. And like the way they play that <laughs> scene I is just. Did you, did you say it just like that, Sam? No, she was okay. actually much better. <laughs> um, and this is right before they are pulled over and then Khalil's murdered by the police officer. Oh, so it just, 
That scene was so hard to watch. It just ramps up yeah. the the trauma that, in, that Star is going through mm-hmm. because of just living, trying to live her life. So there is no Mr. Lewis telling on King. Star is the only one who named, who names the King Lords during her television interview. Um, and although her face is blurred, King and everyone is able to figure out it's her. So, um, you know, this kind of, this, this is the through line of, this is the through line of tension Mm -hmm. throughout the movie is Star worrying about King coming after her and her family um, because she used her voice. Right. So not only does she have to worry about the police and the grand jury not believing her and, and potentially coming back with a verdict not to indict the police officer, she also has to worry about King coming after her and her family after her dad has been able to escape the the life. And I mean, that kind of, that tension exists in the book. Certainly, like, when they get... Right. When the the window is shot out, like, Mm -hmm. they... They know Uncle Carlos King, is like, yeah. why don't you call the police? And he's like, I don't know that it wasn't the police. Like, right. they don't right. know. It could exactly. be either. Exactly. It could be yep. that there's police who are trying to intimidate exactly. them or the King Lords are trying to intimidate yep. them. They're it's, stuck between them. Exactly. And it's, it's like, it's just that much more in, yeah, in the movie. It's, it's like, it's basically right from the beginning almost. Yeah. yeah. Maverick's encounter with the police is much more drama yeah. and traumatic. Um, the family is actually having dinner at IHOP. I believe it's after her testimony, but I can't remember. I could be right. We only watched it once. I know. Um, so they're having dinner at IHOP, and when King and his some of his men arrive to loiter outside, basically standing there just threatening Star and her family. They're not doing anything, you know, kind of outright. They're just standing there. But everybody but knows so why they're, they're there. Doing. Exactly. Yeah. Everyone knows why they're there. Um, so Maverick being just the awesome loving dad that the he super is dad. yeah um he goes outside to confront king and being like how dare you do this to my family and he's got a does he have a gun i can't remember i don't think he does i don't remember i don't think he i don't think he walks around with a gun i think no. he's got one in the house yeah um and then the police arrive mid-argument when yeah. King and, and Maverick are in each other's faces. Oh, no, he can't have a gun. He wouldn't... No, exactly. That's why I'm like, he doesn't have the gun. Yeah, it's if argument. he had a gun, it would have gone yeah. very differently. Um, the police throw Maverick to the ground while Star, Lisa, and Seven run out to protest. King is basically left alone. Mm-hmm. Um, the police order everyone to raise their hands, and they actually only end up releasing Maverick um, and everyone when they recognize that Star is a witness. So, like, they're holding their guns on the family. Everyone's, like, out the windows. Sakani's in the restaurant crying. Oh, God. Sobbing. Oh, because his family is out there being harassed. and Threatened. Threatened. Um, and so, like, this this is so much more tension-filled than mm-hmm. in the in the book. Um, and I, I, I appreciate what the movie is trying to do mm-hmm. here. So... Star's fight with Haley is more personal to Star's experiences as a black girl. Mm-hmm. Um, she's, you know, instead of it being a fist fight, she's Star uses her voice and her actions to give Haley just a small taste of what Star and her family, her friends, her neighbors live with every day. Um, yeah, she doesn't actually. She hit doesn't Haley. hit her. She just she like just, yeah she like stands over her with a hairbrush yeah and like is yelling at her and it was just 
very, very powerful for me, the way it was handled in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing I do have to say is the one, the one, the way I liked, I liked the way they did the protest in the book better. Yeah. Than I, than they, than I, than Star's reaction in the movie. So for the protest, um, you know, kind of Star starts walking out, but then freaks out and just leaves school. Yeah. Um, she and Seven and Seven's girlfriend and Chris don't stay in class. Right. I, I love to school. I love that in the book. I love that in the book there's even her teachers like, you guys aren't going to go. And she's like, um, he makes the connection that, that she's right. what she's dealing with. And, and she goes, actually, can you teach the lesson? I could use the distraction. Yeah. And, and he like, just her teaches. teacher just like teaches yes. the two of them. It's actually really sweet. It is. And then um, they have another friend who's not in the movie, Jess, who, mm-hmm. who doesn't participate. And she's like, why aren't you protesting? And she's like, I don't like profiting from mm-hmm. dead people or yeah, whatever. And exactly. It's just, like, she, she just gets it. Yep. Jess is like, and like, Jess is a senior with seven and they're friends already. So, yeah. So there's a few cool people. There but, is some. But Williamson's there's a lot not of all that. But, but there's a lot of kids who are just very also, privileged. I mean, kids are yeah. dumb sometimes. They really are. We all are yeah. dumb when and we're like, kids. You know, people like joke all the time about wanting to go back to high school. I don't No, why would you I want never to? No. no. I No. I recognize that I was dumb and that I did I've done a lot I mean, of growing you're since learning then, how and to I, be a human being. Like right. that's yeah. I don't think we should, like, be surprised when kids do dumb things. Right. It's oh, gosh, no. kind of part of the process. Yeah. It's like, that's how you learn. Yeah. And grow. But you shouldn't be shot because you do something dumb. Exactly. Like, let's not have those permanent life-ending repercussions mm-hmm. if you yeah. don't do everything perfectly. Yep. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, so, but the same, the, what is the same is, like, after the grand jury fails to indict the officer, mm-hmm. the, the the Garden Heights still erupts in both the pe- peaceful protests and the riots. Um, Star still participates in, in the protest. Um, she gives an amazing speech on top of a car about Khalil mm-hmm. lives. Um, she throws tear gas back into the police crowd. Yeah, I think that's just, like, in the book. Yep. So that is the same. But, oh, but Chris is not with them, though. Chris is not that's with them. A, He's in the car with Kenya and Kenya's younger sister. Yeah, Chris took Kenya and Lyric um, um, to home. Uncle, yes. He took them to safety. And yep. it's just... Just Seven and Star. Seven and Star, yeah. Yep. Um, and Seven has... This is after Seven has been beaten up by King. So he's already injured and trying to keep up with Star. And, mm-hmm. like, then they get tear gassed. And they both end up at the store. So Star and Seven get trapped in Maverick's grocery store. And it's still firebombed by King and his gang. Um, Star and, and Seven are able to escape with the help of Maverick and some of the other business owners. Um, however, King Maverick has his gun at this point. Right. And so not only is it Maverick, but Lisa, their mom, and Sakani are there as well. And so Maverick goes out to confront King because King has stuck around. Why would you stick around after firebombing a store? Because he thinks he can get away with it. He thinks he's untouchable. It's just like, seriously. Um, but as Maverick goes to confront and shoot King, Sakani grabs the gun from Maverick's back. It's in his tucked in his pants yeah. at the small of his back. Sakani grabs it and points the gun at King. And the police arrive. Yeah. And <sighs> the... The police have their guns drawn. Sakani has the gun pointed at King. He's sobbing. 
everybody has their hands up because that's what you do when the police are there. And they're saying, like, Star has to get in front of Sakani because she doesn't want her younger brother shot by the cops. Yeah, she puts her body between them and him. And Sakani managed to put the gun down. Everybody puts the gun down. Nobody gets shot. But the whole scene is just nerves. Yeah. Full of nerves because you... I feel like the movie actually kind of... And I don't know how to put this in a way that... In a better way, but it, like... It gives a happy ending where there probably wouldn't have been one. Oh, I don't know if that's necessarily true. It it does feel a little too... No, but oh, but I see what you're saying though. It's almost like, why did you take us there, only to like right. have it resolve happily? Exactly. It's just, I it feels a little. They left Chekhov's gun on the exactly. Yeah. Piece. I I feel like they had to do that in order to reach a broader audience, maybe, and not upset but, a certain aspect of the audience that they're trying to reach, maybe. And this is me put it projecting onto producers, screenwriters, directors. Let's second guess them. Let's go for it. So, you know, maybe maybe they truly wanted to end on such an uplifting note. Sure. Um, I mean, but I think also in the book, the book is able to end on an uplifting note while also still kind of feeling real. Well, the book doesn't... Because the book leaves it open. Like, she's like, it doesn't really, it's not like she puts it, like, this is it. We're all happy and we're all good. I mean, so, okay. I'm going to share my opinion. That's. Which is always dangerous. (laughs) I didn't love that they did that in the movie, that they had the Sakani with the gun. No. No, I didn't either. I actually felt a little... It all felt a little too Hollywood mm-hmm. to me. Exactly. And it kind of cheapened it a little bit yes. for me. Because it it's we we had something that was so extreme, but we still had to have the happy ending. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they had if they had actually like right. killed Sakani, that mm-hmm. would have that would have been awful and I would have And of course like the whole point of of the book, and I think they most are going through this in the movie too, is it's like she's going through this traumatic thing, but at the end of it she learns from it, she learns how to use her voice, and she is recommitted to who she needs to be and to her family and so mm-hmm. it's th- that's not a story where the brother dies right like, that's not how that story yeah. goes but they felt they had to do something to heighten the, right. the drama yep by having that be a possibility and so it's like it was traumatic to watch because you're terrified that something bad is coming ha- to happen to this kid the same way i'm like but they're not actually gonna do it mm-hmm. so it just felt a little like they right. were playing with my emotions a little right. bit exactly and i and i and I, I feel like that is, this is the biggest scene where I feel like they were catering to the the white audience. Yeah, it's like the white audience expects like a big payoff at the end. Well, I think that's catering to like the Hollywood expectations, yes. which it didn't need. No, it didn't need it at that. all. Yeah, and like so, you know, the family still stays in Garden Heights, um, in their house. you know everybody's happy and like star gives her like she still ends in the voiceover where she's like using her voice and speaking Mm up um and i 
it is a movie, so it kind of has to have a more definitive ending necess- than necess- a book may necessarily have to have. Yes. But I do feel like the movie made a... It was a firmer point of, we're good. Yeah. It's like, yes, we're still advocating, but it was like... It was a more definitive, everything's great. Yeah. Than in the book, which I feel... And I, I appreciated the book more because it's it's not like it's gonna well it's not like it's over or not over but in the book i thought it was that it's not like all of their problems are solved right there but there was one big issue that was dealt with which is that king had so much power and control and was completely unchecked Mm -hmm. and everyone was afraid of him and no one would stand up to him and they all came together and they stood Mm -hmm. up to him and and he was arrested yeah and you know I, I think mean, they, I don't want to say, like, King is, is the problem, because he's mm-mm. not. No. But he was, but the problem was that. He was the more immediate problem. The problem was that people are, are perpetrating violence, mm-hmm. and they're not being held accountable. Right. The white cop was not held accountable. Mm-hmm. And they, that's, that sucks. Yes. It sucks. And you can't, you can't change the reality that that is what happens in the real world, not just in this book. So it it would have been, I think, a little, a little too easy if he had been when we've, mm-hmm. when he doesn't. But at least, um, this this, you know, drug lord that was hurting so many people was held accountable. Yes, I mean, and King is still arrested in the movie, um, but I feel like, to your point, the the book kind of does a better job of wrapping up. Like, here's one, you know, kind of piece. And here's like taken here's, out of the yeah, equation. Yeah, like we've we've made things a little bit better. It's, right, it's There's incremental. Still we, so much to do. Yeah, we haven't solved everything. Right, but we but one little thing and, is yeah. a little better, and maybe that can make a difference. Yeah. and I feel like the movie kind of touches on it, but it doesn't. It's it doesn't feel as incremental as yeah. it does in the book. Well, yeah, because you can't have increments in, in right. a two-hour movie. Yeah, and like I guess that's one of the one of the only problems with putting this kind of thing in a yeah. movie. I I think my biggest I think my biggest problem with the movie is that one of the greatest strengths of the book is its incredible lived in feel. This the the world she lives in, the cast of characters mm-hmm. in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I mean, the homeless guy with the cart mm-hmm. who who like has been there for forever and mm-hmm. like Knows everybody. And knows and everybody. And he like he's, he's like, like, how is he still alive? And it's like, he's yep. he's just so well pickled that he yep. won't die. Like, it's like Nana asks after him and he asks after her Nana. And like all of these wonderful details about all these people, like they, they have a richness and um and a, and a nuance. Yes. You just can't have in a movie because no. it's two hours long. Exactly. And like, you know, I get that there's, because it's a film medium, they have to change some things. But I just still feel like the ending was too Hollywood for me. Yeah. Well, I just I just think that something is lost, and yeah, you know, this is something when we talk about adaptations, mm-hmm. it's what do you have to sacrifice to move it from one medium to the other to the other, and what do you gain? Right. Uh, and I would say, like, the performances in the film were all fantastic. Mm-hmm. They had a really the great cast. cast. It was fantastic. Um, but I think that there's a lot of great stuff in the book that that had to be left out. Yes. And if I had to choose, I'm gonna say I liked the book better. Yeah, exactly. And I the, like my age old question, like. What would you recommend? I would recommend starting with the book. Definitely do both. Yeah, I would read the book first. I would start with the book. Yeah, yeah. And if yeah, one hundred percent. And I feel like if you just watched the movie, 
I'm not sure I would have enjoyed it as much if I'd just seen the movie. Right. Watching the movie, having read the book, I was it was like illustrating all these mm-hmm. things that I'd read. Mm-hmm. No, I 100% agree with you on that yeah. one. But all right, so that's that's what I had to say. All right, cool. <laughs> I did have one other bone to pick with the movie, which is that Uncle Carlos wasn't quite as awesome. I love Common. Common is fantastic. He did a great job, mm-hmm. but they had that heart to heart scene, and she confronts him about like, "Would you have pulled the gun mm-hmm. if it was a white kid?" And he was like, "No." And I'm like, "In the book, he said he wouldn't have killed Khalil." <laughs> so they just, and I understand yep. why they did that. They had to show that, like, even even a person of color who's in that mm-hmm. position can still make the wrong call. It's not, yep. You know, it's it's a it's a human thing, yeah. and I get that. But I'm also like, but Uncle Carlos. I know. And yeah, I do. I did miss the bill. I did miss the relationship between Star and Uncle Carlos from well, again, the, from they, the book. They weren't able to flesh that exactly. out exactly. So like, you know, I. Yeah, and it's hard because because it's only two hours. They have to cut so much, and so like I understood the combination of the Devante and the Seven storylines sure. and stuff. But there's just uh, oh, yeah. so much good stuff. Yep. Yeah. I missed Mr. Lewis. Oh, he was great. Yeah. All right. So, but should just, we do some fun games? Yes. So heartthrobs and hairdos, Sam. All right. So I mean, who's your hotties? They're not going to be a surprise. <laughs> Uh, so Russell Hornsby, who plays Big Maverick, Maverick, mm-hmm. like yep. okay. he was. Oh, he had some. He had some hot dad vibes. He did. He really did. Mm-hmm. Um, Anthony Mackie. Mm-hmm. I I can't not. It's, it's Anthony Mackie. It's Anthony Mackie. He's a beautiful human being. He really, he's, he's gorgeous. He's the new Captain America. Oh, love it. Um, in common, I actually I went with common. That's cool. I love right. common. You just went with all the dads, didn't you, Sam? I did. You did. So we have some overlap. All right. All right. Uh, all right. Common, aka Uncle Carlos. Nice. Uh, Anthony Mackey. Of course. King. Of course. Um, my number three is Issa Rae. Is really? Oh, good yeah. for you. No, she is she beautiful. And she, I just, I don't know. I just like her vibe. Yeah. She's got a good she's vibe. Got, she's, she's just so much fun. She, she is. is. I want to check out her show, Insecure. I I haven't actually seen, but like all the commercials I, make it look hilarious. About it. Yeah. Um, I, I have an honorable mention that I will go to hell for. I really, Khalil really? was really cute. <laughs> Khalil was really cute. He was really he cute. He had these crazy dimples. Mm-hmm. And I will say this, the first few scenes, or the you know the first sequence with him and Star, like they had incredible chemistry. Yes, like, the they two did. Of them, like, mm-hmm. of course she's distracted by this boy. Like, mm-hmm. So uh, I felt like a bad person. I felt very old. Well, he's actually, he is over eight. Like he's not underage, right, in real life. You didn't I mean, even check? Oh, my God, he, you didn't even check. No, he's actually 12. He's younger. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, let's see. Uh, so let's see. Where is he? The actor's name is Algie Smith. He was born. Are you not going to tell me? He he is an actor. Give me more than that. Come on. Oh, my God. IMDb doesn't have this information. It doesn't. It doesn't say how old he is. Whoops. Um, let's just say he's too young for me, though. Well, that is that is true. Yes. So, yep, I'm a bad person, but he was just really. <laughs> he cute. was really cute, and like he was such a fun, fun character. I know, and like, and I knew, scenes. I knew because I read the book before. I knew it was going to happen, and I'm like, but I'm like, no, I want to spend more time with Galeos. Oh. But I mean, that's that's great storytelling. They, mm-hmm. they created a character that you want to spend more time with, yes. and then. You can feel along with Star the loss of this character exactly. because he was a fantastic presence. Yep, I hope that actor does more things because 
Yes. I thought he was very watchable. He was. Um, any outfits? Um, I had one. Mm-hmm. I loved the way Star did her hair for prom. I have the exact same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had seen more of her dress because I feel like I would have liked it. It was very, like, simple, understated, yes. black, and I, I don't remember much else about it. Exactly. But, I mean, I did like her style, like, it, very casual. I support that. Yeah. I, this was not really a, a movie where there was a lot of... No. And I didn't really pay enough attention clothes, to the other people at the prom. Um, I remember, I remember like, watching the scene being like, are there any dresses I like? And then I got distracted. Yeah. But I didn't really see yeah. that again. Yeah. So. Exactly. If we were to go back and like rewatch it again and yeah. maybe pause in some of the crowd scenes. <laughs> this is not really a fashion heavy movie no. for me. No, no, no. Definitely not. Um, do you have any questions? Cause I don't. Oh, I do have a couple. Okay. Um, oh, we already talked about this. <laughs> My first question is, what do you think about the changed ending, i.e. having Sakani pick up the gun. Uh, we did. That was my we entire point. about that. Okay. <laughs> um, that was kind of like I didn't have any questions because, like, basically you know, all of my questions were... Yeah. All right. Well, so this we kind of talked a little bit... We talked about this a little bit, but we talked about how there's a lot of characters from the book that didn't make it into the movie. Who do you miss the most? Hmm. Um, I actually miss her grandmother. Nana? Yeah. Nana's funny. Yeah. Because um, I really felt like she... Because she was another flawed human being. Yes. But she managed to build this amazing family. There's a lot of interesting things about forgiveness in this book, yes. too. That, again, weren't able to carry that through theme through mm-hmm. quite as much in the movie. But, you know, the whole thing she's dealing with, with Haley and, like, is it worth being friends with Haley anymore? Mm-hmm. And she has this heart-to-heart with her mom. And her mom talks about... Like, you have to decide whether the relationship is worth the trouble. And if it is, then you forgive. Mm-hmm. And she talks about... So, uh, Aisha and Maverick were like a one-night stand. Yes. When Maverick was... Either they were broken up they or were they fighting. were fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, as much as... Lisa loves Seven, and she does love Seven like mm-hmm. he's her own son. Like she had, like the, what what Maverick did was was really crappy. So she mm-hmm. had to decide: Do I love him enough to move on from this? And yep, and she did. And so it's then you have to forgive. Mm-hmm. And Nana, with her alcohol problems, like she made her family very unhappy for a long time. Yep, but the relationship and the love was worth more than the trouble. And since Nana was able to move on and get help like mm-hmm. because you know it, it there was a lot of really interesting stuff in there that yes. i want to like carry into my own life <laughs> like how you forgive and how you yes balance mm-hmm. so yeah. so those are my questions oh fun they who were was your short. characters besides mr lewis Did, was it only mr lewis that you uh, missed mr lewis and you know what i also really missed Devante. yeah just because I think Devante provides a really interesting parallel with, you know, the Khalil we lost. Mm-hmm. We lose Khalil and so we gain Devante. Devante. And, yeah. and I, you know, they, they make it clear in the book. One of the reasons that Star and her father want to help Devante is because they weren't there for, for mm-hmm. Khalil, Khalil yeah. when he was struggling. Yep. Um, I thought, and I thought pre- um, Devante presented a really nice bridge for Star. Yes. Because Devante is what is, a, is a, an avenue for Star to bridge. Garden Heights star with Williamson star. Yes. And I think 
I also think Devante is a kind of character that is so easy as someone as in who lives outside of that kind of world to write off. Mm-hmm. He's a teenage gang member, mm-hmm. and it's very quick to dismiss him as a thug the way Khalil is. Yep. And I think even Star at first is like, she's unimpressed by him. She thinks he's mm-hmm. full of it. But you get to know him a little more. He's smart. Mm-hmm. He's... He's caring. He's caring. He's compassionate. Mm-hmm. And he turns out to be a really good friend. Yeah. And, like, he, he like, makes friends with Chris. He makes friends with Seven, um, with Maya. He's, and he's like, really sweet to yes. her little um, cousin. Sakani. Yeah. And so just the idea that if you invest... By investing time and effort into Devante, they reveal what a wonderful person is there. Um, and again, I think that that ties to what I was talking about before with with forgiveness and with um, with giving people a chance. Mm-hmm. They gave Devante a chance yep. and were rewarded with this incredible person in their lives, mm-hmm. who they who she initially thought. Yep. yep. Initially, she'd written off. Right. Exactly. So, I I miss. I miss him, but I really miss his plot line because yes. I actually really enjoyed that subplot. Yep. Agreed. Um, all right. Uh, any fake awards? Uh, I do have some. All right. Go ahead. So my Jeff Goldblum award actually goes to Anthony Mackie, but not because I didn't believe him as king, because I did, but because I just love his portrayal of Falcon so much, I can't help but think of him as Falcon. I really need you to stop looking at my notes, Sam, and stealing my ideas. Really? Yeah. My Jeff Goldblum <laughs> award goes to Anthony Mackie. And I wrote, you can't be a drug lord. You're the new Captain America. Don't do that. Wow. So. Do you think we're like best friends or something? No. Yes. Obviously. <laughs> I miss you, Sam. I miss you, too. What are your other words? I don't have any other awards. Oh, okay. I have two. Okay, what are your awards? Um, so my Sunshine Award goes to Sakani. He is adorable. Yes, TJ Book and movie. Yes, TJ Wright, the young actor who portrayed him, had the biggest and brightest smile. And he, yes, he, they had him give it all the time, and it was just adorable. I love the way the character is written too, because he's he perfectly straddles the line between adorable and obnoxious little yes. brother. Yes, definitely. I wonder if Angie Thomas has a younger brother. Probably does, because she is very true to life. Yeah, but the, <laughs> but the actor, was, the, the kid was real cute. Yep. yep. And then um, my cringe award goes to Chris when he says he doesn't see color. <sighs> oh, Chris. Uh, and But to go along with that, the best response award goes to Star for pointing out how that is just not something to say. I really liked the character of Chris. Yeah. I liked him better in the book. Yes, me too. Just because they give him more to do in the yep, book and again. you get a little more. But he's a little more nuanced. Yep. Yep. He's He's got his heart in the right, right he place. Does. And he's willing to learn. Exactly. And so, like, that entire scene in the limo, I did, like, the entire time as I was, every time Chris opened his mouth, I was just like, oh, no, Chris, no. But you know what? You know, credit to Star for being willing to be, to teach him. Because it's not her job, but no. she was willing. To, she did it. Yeah. Um, so those are my awards. Nice. Yeah. Nice awards. Yep. Um. All right. Yeah. So. Oh. Uh. So a couple of quick announcements. I didn't write this down, so I'm gonna wing it. <gasps> are you ready? No. Okay. Here we go. Okay. We have one more episode this season. It's gonna, and Sam's going to tell you what it is in a minute. I won't spoil it just yet. Thank you. 
But then we're going to take a little break, Mm -hmm. and we'll be back for season three um, in spring of Mm -hmm. 2020. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We have been uh, doing some Twitter polls. Yeah. About... uh, some choosing between a couple of different episodes, so that's been fun. And I just want to thank everyone who emailed us, DM'd us, my mom texted me <laughs> um, with suggestions for new episodes. We could not take all of your suggestions, but thank um, you so much for sending I, them. I love that people were were sending them in, and it makes me so happy that uh, people I've never met want us to. Do more. Do a book. To do a movie. That's fantastic. Um, and also my mom. Yay. Uh, I can't remember what my mom recommended, but I know we're not doing it. So. <laughs> Sorry, Kiki. I don't, I, can't, I don't remember what it was. Um, so if you have ideas, we have a plan for season three, but you still send them to us. Yeah, we still have lots of seasons to go. We're, so. we're going to keep doing this until we get bored. So Yay. keep sending us suggestions, and thank you to everyone who did. Um, this this second season, we've learned so much, and I think we've met uh, we've we've reached out to even more people, and we just want to keep expanding and connecting with more of you wonderful people out there. Um, so you know, just thank you for being a part of this. And yay, we're having so much fun, and we hope you are too. Yeah. Oh, also, this is our Thanksgiving episode, isn't it? Yes. So mm-hmm. uh, I really encourage everyone to to have their um, racist uncle listen to this at the Thanksgiving oh table. <laughs> Won't that go over well? <laughs> That'll go over really well. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I had, I had one other announcement. Oh, okay. Because I wanted to talk to you about this. Oh. I saw two different movie trailers today oh. for new adaptations of books we have covered. I saw. I haven't seen the trailer, but I did see something about Emma. There's a new Emma. And do you see the cast? It looks like a good cast. Bill Nighy as her dad. Rupert Graves is Mr. Weston. <laughs> and uh, I can't remember, it's Anya Taylor-Joy yeah. or something like yes. that. Yes. Um, she She's is Emma. excellent. Yes. So I will reserve judgment. Um, right. What's the other movie? They're doing a new Christmas Carol with Guy Pierce as what? Scrooge. And I watched the trailer and there's like F-bombs and it kind of looked like Scrooge coerces Mrs. Cratchit into having sex with him. It's a very different take. So you haven't seen that trailer? No. All right. No. It's really, it's a really different take. I'm trying to remember those scenes from the book. <laughs> uh, I think, um, I think I'm probably gonna stick with Muppet Christmas Carol with yeah. the kids, anyways. Okay. Yeah. There's like a, there's like a scene in the trailer where that, and it's, I think there's a scene in the trailer where it's like, Marley in hell being fitted for his chains. Um, Guy Pierce, can you give me a call? You know what? Yeah, Guy Pierce, if you could call us, we have some questions. I, I, I'm a little concerned with your choices right now. <laughs> I'm, yeah, okay. It's hmm. a very I'm interesting. Have to... Do I really want to watch that trailer though? Watch, I mean, watch the trailer. All right, I'll watch it's, the trailer. It's 90 seconds of your life. Then decide if you want to watch the movie. Oh but. God. <laughs> so yeah, so so new adaptations are still being made. Every, Every day. day. Well, I, I think also they're doing another murder on the Orient Express. What? I'm pretty sure I saw that somewhere. It's like they're starting to cast it. Well, I know that Kenneth Branagh wanted to do Murder on the Nile. Death on the Nile. Death on the Nile. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. No, I'm pretty sure that's in process, but I'm pretty sure they're also doing another murder on the Orient Express. Because Kenneth Branagh was so bad, they're like, no, we have to do better. Why would they ever say that? They're like, let's see if we can do worse. <laughs> Uh, guess what I'm going to go see on stage next month? What? 
Murder on the Orient Express. Nice. They're doing it at the Lyric Stage Company in nice. Boston, and I'm going to go see it. Mm, that'll be fun. Yeah. I actually, um, ART is doing Moby Dick, and I was thinking of maybe doing that. I am not. It's a musical, so. <laughs> I don't really want to hear anyone sing about <laughs> the The only song about uh, whaling I want to hear is from Futurama. <laughs> Where whalers on the moon nice. carry a harpoon. Nice. But there ain't no whales, so we okay. sing tall tales. Yeah, we're done. Sing this whaling <laughs> tune. Now I'm done. Okay. So that was a very serious episode. Yes, it was. All right. End of announcements. All right. Thank you for letting me wing that. Next episode. <laughs> so yippee kaye, mother effers. Yay! <laughs> Not only is our next episode our last episode of the season, it's our Christmas episode. We'll be celebrating that holiday of holidays by talking about the Christmas movie that begins epic debates over dinner. Because is it really a Christmas movie? Yes, it is. That's- Debate answered. That's right. We'll be talking about Nothing Lasts Forever by Roderick Thorpe, better known as Die Hard. <laughs> We're not excited or anything. We have not been waiting for this all season long. No. I'm so excited. <laughs> I know, right? So it was so fun. Come back for that one. Yeah. In the meantime, help us spread the word. Rate and review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to your podcasts. Seriously, you have no idea how much that helps us when you write mm-hmm. a review. All those algorithms just start mm-hmm. clickety-clacking. That's right. I don't know how algorithms work. Uh, it's a, um, it's But a they thing. work. They do. They do. Uh, and word of mouth is also our number one way of getting new listeners. So tell your friends, your coworkers... Is there a lull in conversation at the Thanksgiving dinner table? Tell your racist uncle to listen to us. Nope. <laughs> Probably like one of our Sean Connery episodes. Yep. Tell them all how great Adapted with Anna and Sam is. And you know what? We love hearing from you guys. Um, Especially having done an episode, the one we're doing right now. We're just finishing it up. Yep. That touches on some pretty sensitive subject matter. Mm -hmm. Uh, We always love hearing from our listeners. And if you think we got something wrong, Mm -hmm. if there's something that we talked about that you want to engage us on if you have something you want to correct us on like we would much rather mm-hmm. hear that from you that um that we can do better mm-hmm. so We're email up. us yep adaptive ad, it would help if i got our email address right adapted with anna and sam at gmail.com or you can post on Facebook or send us a direct message. You can find us at Adapted with Anna and Sam. You can follow us on Twitter and let us know there as well. Um, we're also on Instagram at Adapted Podcast on both the platforms. Um, let's we're, keep the conversation going. We're everywhere. Yeah. Except Tumblr. I don't know how to work Tumblr, so I feel like that's okay. Yeah. And we're not on Vine. Is that even a thing anymore? No, it died. They okay. They ended it. Okay. This has been fun. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Adapted with Anna and Sam. I'm Anna, and I wish The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air was based on a book. Nice. I'm Sam, and I wish Olympus Has Fallen was based on a book. (laughs) Bye. Bye.